How are you lovely people doing out there today in the make community? It's Trevor DeVage. I'm sitting here with the the illustrious. No. Oh. That's a good word. The illustrious. Dylan Mitchell. What makes me illustrious? I don't know. I don't really know what it means. Just sounds nice. Leave us a voicemail if you know what illustrious <laughs> means because I've been called it multiple times on this episode. Not episode, this this podcast. See, oh, see you don't even know. Look at that. You made fun of me. and You, <laughs> you just, reached for the train whistle button and I that did, is not a I derail did. moment. It was, all, it was almost and now it is. So there you go. There you go. Now it is. Uh, we made it 44 seconds. Woo. Wonderful. How you doing, man? You good? Yeah. Um, good. So life is moving for you. Yeah. Um, Should we tell them that I'm I'm actually remote right now? I mean, we could. But why? Does it sound like I'm remote? No. No, it doesn't sound like you're remote at all. <laughs> Sounds like you're right next to me. Just in the, it's basically like we're in the same room. Uh, basically. I'm looking at you. You look tired. I, well, I am tired because I've been in this room for a long time. Have you? Yes. I've been here a lot. You've been here before we started the podcast? I have been. Wow. Well, why? That's true. You sleep in here? I should. Laura the couch is, you out? No. Lord, <laughs> she should too. That, all the shoulds are in that, in that sentence. Yes, she should have. I should be sleeping in here. Actually, the couch in here is comfortable. <laughs> it and, is really comfortable. And it's dark in here, so it's uh, like we got blackout shades in here. Well, that's how you found me that one morning. It looked like I was dead. No, you weren't on the couch. You were sitting in the chair <laughs> slumped over like you had had a, like a massive coronary and were no longer alive. To the point that I was even loud coming in. Sonia was in here. Proof. By, Sonia, you can attest to this. If you'll ever come on the podcast, I'm going to have you give proof. And then I... Then I finally had to like slap you on the leg and you shot up like you had just come out of the grave. <laughs> it was like resurrecting you from the dead. Like, I, <clears throat> And I still, to this day, I was like, I literally had a, like a split second. Where I was like, I'm going to have to call his wife and tell him I found him dead in the studio today. I literally had that moment. And then you woke up and I was like, okay, good. I don't have to do that today. That's good. <laughs> By the way, um, how much, how much longer to you reunite? Are you reunited with your wife now? Yeah. Good. I haven't talked to you in a hot minute then. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, did you guys sing Reunited and it feels so good? Oh, absolutely. That's good. That's good. I'm it's glad. a good time. You, did you really do that? Don't tell lies. No, but whenever I had to pick her up at the airport, I showed up in a uh, like a chauffeur hat and a, and a whiteboard. <laughs> and a chauffeur hat. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just a funny mental image for me. Like... <laughs> I'm just, I'm picturing you in, in the outfit right now, but nothing else except the hat. Like you got normal clothes on in that. You're not like an actual chauffeur. Did you wear Mickey gloves? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> She'd be really happy if you did that. Cause that's her favorite thing. You that do. is her favorite thing. Yeah. By the way, you told a really sad story on, was it last episode? Two episodes ago. No, it was two. Cause Saul was on here and you, uh, you said that you're. Your ex fiance broke up with you at Disneyland during the world, Disney, Disney world. world during the fireworks. Yeah. What a horrible person. With our friends. What it a was a really awkward trip because it was the first day of a trip. <laughs> what a horrible person, man. Like, how are you going to take someone to the <laughs> happiest place on earth that they love more than any other place during the fireworks? Like, you had all day. Just seemed like the right moment. <laughs> you had all, like, like, that's not a moment where you're like, they're playing the song in the could background. probably wait. And you, you, I mean, couldn't that wait till like, afterwards? Couldn't you be like at, you know, Epcot? That, that seems like the place to break up no, with someone. Oh, Epcot's my favorite. Epcot, I like Epcot, but it's not my favorite. I love that. That's mine and Melissa's favorite. Why? Why is that your favorite? I We're going to derail for a second, but this is important. I think Epcot is probably my favorite. I love it now, but I think it's my favorite because of what Walt wanted it to be. 
I got you. Like this utopian city, this futuristic city where people worked and these new demonstrations of modern technology were always being like, the whole thing was, it was going to be a city that people worked in. Right. And they were like, the people that lived there, the houses like would be sponsored by GE and Apple and Tesla and stuff like that. And the new technology would just, that'd be part of what you're paying for to live there. Just be, you'd get a new stove one day. Yeah. Like they would always be testing and demonstrating new technology. And so Epcot's really cool now because it's like this cultural like melting pot of different countries. And so that's really cool to experience that. And then you've got some of the future elements that are still kind of there. But I think it's my favorite because of what Walt wanted it to be. Yeah. If you've never watched it, uh, I can drop it in the show notes. But um, before Walt passed, he did a it's it's on YouTube. It's called the Epcot special. Yeah. Or the Epcot film. And he basically just lays out his entire plan for it. And if you can watch that and see that like this is what it was supposed to be, you would fall in love with the idea of what it was supposed to be. But in love with the idea is still not what it is. No. So when I go to Epcot and it's 100 freaking degrees <laughs> in Florida and you got to walk around every ounce of the world, literally. Yeah. Um, it's my least favorite. Uh, I like it. It's just my least favorite. Yeah, that, I um, get that. You know, but I'm like, if I'm going to break up with somebody, I'm going to take them to Epcot. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> when it's 100 degrees out, I'm going to be like, I'm going to leave you over here in like little Italy. You can figure your life out in Italy. Yeah. Find I'm going to be in Japan. I'm going to Japan. I'll see you later. Like, <laughs> peace out. I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go, go eat some sushi. You have some pasta and drown your sorrows. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not going to do it when there's fireworks going off at the Magic. It's called the Magic Kingdom. It's not called the Breakup uh, Kingdom. Yeah. It's just, I, if, if that person ever hears this, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Because you hurt my friend Dylan, but you just threw that pain. That hurt. That hurt me. But I got to meet my amazing wife. But it's, you know what, Melissa? Melissa, I love you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. You are the. You're. She is the little sister I never had. You can tell her that because we're going to be back here for Easter. Oh, sweet! So we're not going to really promote Easter just yet, um, because this is like the end of February. Um, yeah, but. But I'm not going to come. I'm actually not coming back to Tucson for March. Um, the Navy's giving her 10 days of leave for us to find a house. Um, and so then I'll once once her 10 days of leave are up, she's got to report for duty. And then I'll have to be around to handle the movers and everything coming to our new place. So, uh, yay. Yep. Your staff was really gracious here and let me just have the month of March to settle in. And then we'll be back for Easter. So, Melissa, when you come, um, I'll have to give you a big hug. And then you'll probably punch me in the arm. And then uh, I'm going to be real your husband again. <laughs> and for those that listen to this and know what that means, that's hilarious. For those It still that hurts. It still hurts. still hurts. still painful. Um, so, man, let's let's unpack this last We week. kicked off a really cool series that we've been excited about since we started planning it. I, I've, okay. So, you get, for those of you that don't know, we don't just go, hey, what are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> we do that on the podcast. That's what we, happens on the we, podcast. We don't do that anywhere else. Um, so we actually plan our sermon series about a year in advance, and then it's always a working document. We're always working through, um, but we're about a year out. And um, when we planned this last year, 2022, for 2023, it was one of those that I'm like, can we just move something around and do it in 2022? Um, but as we have gone into this this new year, coming off of Dangerous Prayers, by the way, the, a couple of weeks ago when we had our 24-7 prayer experience, Thank you, all of you that that took an hour out of your life and just spent time praying. Oh, so cool! Uh, it's so cool, and the stories that have come out of that have been really, really cool too. Um, but now moving into, we've set the baseline. We're going to be a church that prays bold prayers, um, and we're going to ask God to send us wherever we we can go, especially locally. But now, how do we take those prayers and put, you know, basically let the rubber meet the road and and become difference makers in our community. So yeah. you you heard me say this last week, and we are done with volunteers. 
at Pantano. Yep. Um, and and here's here's a couple of reasons why volunteer is a temporary position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you call for volunteers at an event. You call for volunteers at a thing. Um, and here's the other thing. Like, I I joked with our staff and when we were talking about this, but you get a volunteer shirt. Where do you wear your volunteer shirt? Either a when you're volunteering, or two when you're doing yard work. Yeah. Or if you're my wife, you use those for bed. <laughs> Like, or you make a quilt out of them. Yeah, we don't we don't make quilts. Um, but I've seen those t-shirt quilts. <laughs> they're pretty cool. They they're soft, most of them, unless you get those really nasty t-shirts like that Hanes. feel like Gildan sandpaper Gildan. <laughs> I'm glad we both made the same noise. <laughs> you may have been hosting together together too long when you both start to make the same sound effects. Um, but I I put it through that lens. But everybody wants to be a difference maker. Everybody yep. wants to make a difference. So if if you were to put on a D-shirt a D-shirt or a T-shirt, um, wrong letter of the alphabet, if you put on a D-shirt, that's a completely different shirt. That's a, you're almost failing. Uh, but if you put on a T-shirt that says difference maker on it, or I want to make a difference, um, or I'm a difference maker, when you wear that somewhere, you're kind of proud to wear that. And, and somebody asks yeah. you, what are you, what are you making a difference in? Um, and so uh, I just think like, as we lean into this whole being a difference maker, so what we're doing is we're going through our core values as a church is what it looks like to be a difference maker yep. is, is what we are doing. That's what we're leaning into in, in this series. Um, and then what it does is it sets this tone in the DNA for where we go next as a church. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's a, I'm really excited that just, it's a six week series. Um, six weeks, right? Um, don't ask me questions I should know. <laughs> I'm um, Ron Burgundy. Um, yes, it is six weeks. So it's going to be a really awesome six weeks. We actually have uh, your friend, Jeremy Jernigan. Yeah, Jeremy's going to be here in two weeks. And um, then uh, Glenn. And then Glenn is back on stage for the first time uh, speaking. Uh, uh, yeah, preaching. he shot that t-shirt cannon. <laughs> he, bro, he is a master t-shirt cannon guy. Um, except for the first service at Christmas Eve where he got a little overzealous and popped broke the, it and broke it. But, uh, I'm not sure that was as much Glenn's fault as that might've been our fault too. Um, but it, it just, I'm so excited to have Glenn back on stage preaching. And, uh, I'm actually, here's what I'm excited about for Glenn is that this is the first time Glenn will come back and preach since he's, um, since he, I, I don't want to say retired Glenn. I'm, I don't know, but I, but I don't know what to say since you've retired from staff here, you're not retired from doing ministry. Yeah. Um, and Glenn's still around here. We see him all the time. Uh, but this, I'm kind of excited to see for Glenn, like he doesn't have the week in week out the, the grind of preaching, if you will, and having to do all the meetings and the, the prep and all that. He literally, I was able to give him all the information a couple months in advance and go, Hey, here's what I'd like you to speak on. And I know Glenn, he's probably, he probably wrote the sermon the next day and it's been ready to go. Um, but he'll get to come in and just go through a run through and then preach. And I, I'll be excited to see how much more free he even feels to preach. Um, because I know when I go places, even places I've been before and I know the people and uh, even places I've been on staff before and I go back, it's like, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to go in and do it because I don't have all the constraints that I had when I was there. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm really, actually, I'm really excited to have Glenn back. And, uh, I think it's going to be really exciting for our people too, to have him back on the platform for this series. And he was a part of developing these core values. Yeah. And so he, he's got like a whole different perspective than I've got. Um, but I love our core values. And, and this last week we talked about that we're unapologetic grace givers. In fact, the first piece of merchandise that I actually physically bought from Pantano yep. was the hoodie that says we're unapologetic grace givers on it. Yep. It was my favorite thing on the website. And uh, and I, I still love that hoodie because every time I wear it somewhere, someone will go, hey, talk to me about that. What, what does that it's mean? It's a conversation piece. It, it is. It's, it's very much a conversation piece. Um, and so uh, just qu- any questions you have from the weekend? 
Um, any thoughts, any things that stood out? I don't know. I think it's really cool and like nothing happens by, by coincidence. Like we, we do really well to plan things out, like we said. Um, but I do think it's really cool that we tail ended, um, dangerous prayers talking about grace. And now we're picking up week one of this new series, leaning into grace. Right. Well, and again, it would almost look like we're brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like accidental brilliance. I've been accidentally brilliant more in my life than I've ever been on purpose brilliant. Um, and, and let me say it's not even close, like zero normal brilliance, thousand times accidentally brilliant. Um, but uh, I love how that book ends because here's what it means when we say God's grace is what compels us to go, which was the last week of dangerous prayers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Last week really we zeroed in on God's grace, compelling us to respond. Right. And now, you know, this and week now, how do we respond out of that grace? Yep. Well, we're unapologetic grace givers to other people. Yep. And, and so it, as we leaned in, we kind of talked about that grace is the first response we have with others, which is not cultural. No. Cultural, cultural, like our culture does not lead with grace. Our cultural leads with canceling. We're not in a grace culture. We're in a cancel culture. And, and so all of these things, like we, like to be grace giving when it makes no sense. Like yeah. I, that, and that it's so counterintuitive, right? Because, um, we live in an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth culture, not a, here, why don't you go ahead and take my, oh, you want to steal this? I'll give you the other one too. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, we launched this in Ephesians chapter two, um, and in its verse eight and nine is where it, it comes out of where it, it talks about, um, where Paul says for it's by grace, you've been saved through faith. Uh, and, and this is not from yourselves. I like what he says. It's a gift from God. Like you, you, there's nothing you, you did can't for this. boast. You can't boast in this. Um, and then he says that not by work so that no one can boast. Uh, and I, I love that because the grace we've been given, we can't take credit for. You can't take credit for your grace. I can't take credit for it, but we got it. Yeah. We've been given it. So now not only do we receive that grace that God gives and we know there's not, we didn't earn that grace. He gave it freely. So it's like what we talked about on last week's episode. If we've been given that kind of grace, then why don't we lead with grace with other people? Well, and I think it's really cool too, right? Because grace, not unintentionally sets the stage for salvation. Right. Like, if, if there's any part of salvation that you can do for yourself, then all of it is, like, if you can accomplish any part of salvation by yourself, it voids the whole thing. Right. But whenever the, the stage is set with grace, and it, you know, literally says, not by works so that no one can boast. You can't do anything to earn it. Right. You can't check enough boxes on the list to earn it. Yeah. And that's that's where legalistic Christianity comes into play. Well, and the song Reckless Love. Right. Like, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Like, <laughs> hold on. When you said that in my head, I heard endless love. I was like, wait a minute. The, the song endless. Love. <laughs> like, like when happy Gilmore takes her to the skating rink. Nope. Sings endless. Love. Like, not, I was like, what? And then I was like, Oh, reckless this is love. like the third episode you've tried to sing on. Well, the problem is, is that we have it early and I'm like, uh, I'm trash. Like my throat on Mondays is trashed anyhow from preaching and, and talking. And usually I sound like Barry White when I walk in. I'm like, Hey everybody. Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to nine to seven five <clears throat> slow jams with Delilah. <laughs> Did we talk about Delilah a few weeks ago? Delilah's getting a lot of a lot of crap on our Delilah. Podcast. You want to come on our show? <laughs> Could you imagine we <laughs> we, we open? Up, Hi, this is Delilah. We're gonna have some slow jams. Can we outsource an intro? Like, I don't want to do the outro for the make anymore. I want to outsource that to Delilah. That would be amazing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or like Barry White. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the make. We're passionate about moving. We're passionate. Sunday takers. 
Oh, I don't even know what I just. <laughs> I don't even know what. Sixteen just minutes in. in. Sixteen minutes in. Oh, I hit. Oh, it twice. twice. Yeah. Well, that's for both of us. It probably deserves two. It probably <laughs> deserves four. If you want to know the truth, this is one of the trains that you have to stop and wait for it to go by for like ten minutes. Like, it goes forward and then backs up. Yeah, you're like, why did it stop? Why? Why did it stop? <laughs> now you got a Dukes of Hazard your way through the center of some car in the middle of it. Half our listeners are probably, what is that? What is that? The Dukes of Hazard. So this was the show in the 80s. My favorite show, by the way. That and the A-Team. Oh, the A-Team's good. Oh, yeah, man. B.A. Baracus, Murdoch. And I'm not talking about, like, the movie from the 2000s. With Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I'm talking about... Old school. Mr. T. Take it all the way back. Since we're on, you know... Off off topic? Off off topic. On this off topic. Since we're on this off topic. Um... The movie gets a bad rap. I, I enjoyed the oh, movie. Oh, the movie was good. I enjoyed the movie. Actually, I enjoyed the movie because it's got some retro throwback yeah. to the 80s TV show. Uh, fun fact, I had the the Hot Wheels set of the A-Team. So it came with a helicopter. The came van. With a black van. Oh. Um, and then I had the night. I had Kit's Knight Rider car. Oh, that was another good one. Yeah. Well, good is relative. It was good in the 80s. You go back and oh, watch yeah. it now and you're like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever watched in my you life. You know what still holds up? What's that? MacGyver. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I love he, MacGyver. It's because he can make a bomb out of a pine cone and some dirt. <laughs> and a gum wrapper. And I a gum wrapper. A gum wrapper was always used. Yeah, yeah. And if I just stick this gum to this pine cone, watch yeah. it, boom, boom, and you're like, wow, that was, that was impressive. Remember Quantum Leap? Yes. Quantum Leap. They brought that back. That's back right now. Really? Yeah. It's actually really cool. I kind of. What are we talking about Lost right in now? space? Uh, that's where we are right now. Lost <laughs> in space. Um, space balls. Like a great, another great movie. Comb the deserts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyhow, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, unapologetic grace. grace. I would ask all of you listening to this to extend give, us some grace, please. Please unapologetically give us some grace. Today. If you only knew. Oh my gosh! If you only had half a clue of how much grace we really need. Um, no, but going back to this whole thing, like I, I just really believe that God wants to use us counterculturally mm. to help the world see Jesus. You are not. We are not going to strong arm people into the gospel of Jesus. Well, no. Like Christians have you know, in recent years become known for what we're against more than what we're for. Well, and here, here's a biggest shift that Christians think they're still on the, the cultural winning team. Yeah. Now hear me biblically. Yes, we win, um, against the enemy, but culturally you were no longer the home team. No, I, I remember a period in Christianity in my life in this country where Christianity was the home team. We are no longer the home team. We're the away team. And, and the problem is, is that we keep trying to strong arm people into, into what we do and who we are. And that's not how Jesus reached people. No. Um, and, and so this unapologetic grace giving, like we, we get so offended so quickly. Well, yeah. And also like not to go off on a tangent, but a lot of, yes, cause we never do that on this <laughs> podcast. A lot of, and I think we've talked about it maybe in passing on this com- on this podcast before, but a lot of people get up in arms whenever you know a brand or a company that they like, be it Apple, Disney, Google, whatever, they hold uh, positions that they don't agree with because it doesn't align with you know our biblical beliefs. Sure, that's not their job, right? Like we're not supposed to be of this world. The world is right. going to get worse. Uh, ap- well, it, it and you're not going to. to agree with it, and that's fine. But it's not our job. Like, I don't know how I'm trying. I don't. I don't know what I want to say or how I'm trying to say it. But I think we're, you're tracking. We're not here to police culture. Yes, we're here to give hope of Jesus. Yes, and there's a difference in those two. Th- and I'm not saying like 
you have to buy into everything that the world's doing. No. <clears throat> but what I am saying is, is that you're expecting the world to act like Jesus, even though they don't have Jesus. That. that that's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> Thank you. Sure. That's why I get paid the medium bucks. Um, <laughs> you're getting paid? Uh, well, in coffee. <laughs> coffee and uh, crazy conversations. That's good. But I, I, we, this is what's crazy to me, is we expect people that don't know Jesus to act like Jesus. We expect people that don't have the hope of salvation to act like they have a hope in salvation. Well, and then we yell at them when they're not. And then when they don't act the way we think they should act, we scream really loud at them. And I don't understand how that's attractive to anyone who doesn't know Jesus. No. Like, okay, so, I don't want that anyway. So I'll go back, like, this has got to be 20 years ago, at least. So uh, a couple of friends of mine started a ministry called Triple X Church. Um, now, when they started, this was so, like, they took so many shots from Christians. In fact, to the point, triplexchurch.com, you can actually go check that out, okay, or x3church.com. And and basically what they did was they were became accountability software for people with porn addiction. But then what they did, they took it a step further. So they took um, a group of people to um, the Global Pornography Conference in Vegas and set up uh, a, a booth and gave out free Bibles that says mm-hmm. Jesus loves porn stars on the front. Can I, I had a t-shirt that said Jesus loves porn stars. I bought their t-shirt. Um, and now I know some of you right now just cringed up a little bit. But let me tell you what has happened in the 20 years and early on. First of all, all their hate mail was from Christians. Of course it was. Um, but they started to rescue people out of the porn industry. And then people in the porn industry started coming to them and going, you're the first Christian to ever say you love me. You're the first Christian to ever tell me Jesus loves me. Um so, and then I'll take it a step further. So I bought, I bought, it was a yellow t-shirt, pink writing, said Jesus loves porn stars. My, my daughter Ella was probably a year and a half, two years old. It was before we had our second child. I'm in, I'm in Kroger in Dallas. Ella's in the cart, you know, she's having fun. She's hanging out with dad. And <clears throat> I'm probably being stupid, running around the aisles with a cart, jumping on it. And I have a lady walk by me, older lady, <clears throat> very, uh, very Southern, very Texan. Yep. She walks by and she goes, you sicken me. And I just went, okay, well, there's a myriad of reasons that could be. Why is that? I forget I'm wearing a T-shirt. She was like, I cannot believe you'd wear that shirt in front of your daughter. I was like, so you don't believe this? She goes, not a chance. Huh. I said, okay. I said, so are you a Christian? Absolutely. She goes, I would never in a million years wear a shirt that says that. And I said, maybe that's the problem with your Jesus. Maybe you've created Jesus in your image and not realize. Not let him make you in his. Not Exactly. And so, and then she, she said, well, I'm, I just know as a Christian, I couldn't wear that shirt. I said, well, I'm going to blow your world up even more. I'm actually a pastor. She goes, I can tell you if any pastor in our church wore a shirt like that, they'd be fired. And I said, and that's a problem with your church. Yeah. I, I, I said, because if you don't believe that Jesus loves these people, then they're not really people to you. And now, now you're the problem. Well, yeah, you're, you're at that point, like. There's no other way to say it. You're playing God. Right. Well, and I said to her, I said, ironically, just like Jesus loves porn stars, he loves your legalistic self. I said, now I'm going to take my daughter and we're going to keep shopping. And I walked away. And she was mumbling a bunch of stuff. And I was young and probably a little more aggressive. Aggressive then. Um, Today, I'd probably engage her in a little more conversation. Um, Actually, I'd engage her in a lot of conversation. I'd ask a lot of questions. Um, But I still stand behind. The heart of what you said. The heart of what I said. Yeah. In the heart of what they were doing. They were going someplace that nobody else would go to reach people nobody else cared to reach to help them find relationship with Jesus. It was yeah. unapologetic grace giving. 
And and you know what's really interesting? Like there there was there was actually a porn producer that they met that left the porn industry because of their ministry mm. and then started helping them produce videos for Chipotle X Church on how to overcome porn addiction. That's so good. And, and That's so, the but, ultimate 180. So when you hear that, you just, you go, uh, and I know there's Christians right now that are cringing. They're like, well, how could you even take yourself into that environment? Not everybody can go into the porn convention and help, but if you've got accountability and people that are not in that struggle that can help you with those that are, you get to reach a whole new group of people. Yeah. It's like my buddy, uh, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember which guy, which, which pastor buddy of mine, his wife, actually it might be Judd Wilhite's wife, Lori, in Vegas. Um, in fact, I think it is. It's Central Christian Church in Vegas. She got really convicted. Obviously, they're in Vegas. Their church is there. Um, she got really convicted that she wanted to help women in the stripper industry get out. Um, so instead of picketing, so they didn't stand out front and go turn or burn or, you know, stop stripping or go to hell. Right. Um, they started showing up at the back door of the strip club and bringing dinner. Hmm. And her and a bunch of women started going into the backs of strip clubs in the room where girls are getting ready and started feeding them dinner. That's where it started. Then they started having, they started babysitting their kids for free. Then they started having conversations with them because they were like, why are you doing this? Well, it's what we talked about maybe a month ago at this point, meeting someone's physical need first. Sure. That's a so, need that needs to be met. And then you open up a conversation. Right. So then all of a sudden, and all these women knew that these ladies were Christians and they just kept going, why are you doing this? Well, we love you. Why are you doing this? Jesus loves you. He cares for you. Um, so we're just, we're here to love you. And then eventually now they've rescued so many of these women out of this, uh, out of strip clubs and out of that industry. Um, but it didn't happen by them screaming at them from across the street. Mm. It happened by them being unapologetic grace givers when it made no sense. I mean, they took so many hits from Christians, but you know who paid attention was the culture around them. Going, wait a minute. You guys are acting way different than any Christian I've ever seen. Like, you're, you're meeting me where I'm at? You want to be a part of what I'm doing? You, you want to come in here? Like, you would actually, as a woman, come into a strip club with other women and help them see Jesus. Wait, you're going to feed them? You're going to babysit their children? Yeah. You're supporting them. No, we're not. We're giving them an opportunity so we can share hope. Now, those are two really extreme circumstances I just sure. shared. But when you understand that Jesus stepped into your mess of life, now you're like, well, I'm not a stripper. I'm not, I'm not a porn producer. Uh, maybe not, but I guarantee you got some nasty in your life too. Well, we all do. And you're like, no, I don't. Well, now you got pride and, and you're a liar. So um, you've got something. I've got stuff. There's things that God looks at me and goes, man, that's nasty. Well, yeah, we're the ones that label it. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. If we're going to be like Jesus, right? The call is to be unapologetic grace givers like Jesus. Yep. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus stepped into humanity. He stepped out of heaven and he stepped into the strip club. Yep. He stepped into the porn, he stepped into the porn convention. Like him stepping out of heaven is stepping into the seediest place he could go, earth. It, and he steps into that and goes, okay, I'm going to give up all my biblical rights, all my all my heavenly rights to step down here. Yeah. And not only does he step down here, he interacts with the grossest of the gross in that grossness of culture, which I could argue the religious elite were the grosser ones than the woman caught oh, in the act of adultery. Absolutely. The, the Samaritan woman, you know, um, uh, they were the grosser of the gross because they didn't know their grossness. And yet Jesus steps in and goes, I'm going to give grace to all of you. Uh, unapologetically. Unapologetically. He didn't say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. In fact, he says, 
Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Like at the cross. Yeah, we don't we don't really echo that very often. No. No, we're horrible at it. That's why the world looks at the church and goes, why would I want what you've got? Well, yeah, we as the church, we're not known for like getting down in the dirt with people. No, which in John 8 is exactly what Jesus does. They throw this naked woman in the dirt that's been caught in the act of adultery, and Jesus stoops down in the dirt where she's at. And the Pharisees are all standing there like, the law says, you know, throw the, the stone. Well, yeah, they tried to trip Jesus up. Yeah, and Jesus is like, all right, that's cool. So go ahead and throw your rocks. But I like that Jesus, like, gives them that first. So I imagine they reared back, and he's like, now, here's what's cool. If any of you have never sinned before, go ahead and throw the rock. Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the dirt. And he what was— it, Because the I, I find this interesting. This is a side note on that story. There's no, like, record of what Jesus was doing in the dirt. No, and I, I've preached this. I think Jesus, like everyone said, he was doodling in the dirt. He was writing Ignoring their sins. Them. I think he was getting eye level with a woman. I think he got in the dirt with her and kind of looked at her like, I got you. Yeah. My grace is for you. Well, like Jesus, like, that's an advocate. Right. Well, now, but but Jesus also called her to something greater at the end yes. of that. His grace, his grace was, hey, your sins are forgiven. I don't condemn you, neither does anybody else. Um, he goes, but... Now go and sin no more. Yep. Don't don't do this again and getting again. No, and I think that's like modern Christianity leans to both extremes. We right. don't we say don't do that ever again, but we also don't come alongside you and help you get out of the dirt. Right. Or the other side is we're just gonna keep giving you grace every time you do it. Yep. Like and both are soft. Both are soft. One's legalistic, one's tolerance. Yep. Um that's that tension. If you remember Caleb Kaltenbach. Talking about the grace and uh, oh, the yeah. tension between grace and truth. That tension is love. Love is tense, but love is gracious and love is truthful. Yeah, that's where the tension is. If you're just grace, then you're then you're tolerant of everything. If you're just truth, you're a jerk. Well, I love that scripture says Jesus was full of both grace and truth. Right. He was the tension. Jesus is love. Yeah. Perfect love drives out fear. Right. And so you see this tension, but that's the tension of modern day Christianity. It's the same tension. It's not changed. Um, so you either become a church that's like, we're tolerant of all things. We don't care how you live. Just come on in. Oh, that's fine for you to come in, but we love you too much to leave you there. Yep. That's my phrase. Like we love you enough to let you come in here just as you are. But if I leave you just as you are, when you came in, I didn't love you. enough. that's not love. That's tolerance. And tolerance will end up killing you. Uh, The same is, um, you can't come in here until you get fixed. Or if you come in here messed up, we're going to tell you how jacked up you are, and we're going to rail you into, and run you out of here. And run you out of here. Um, that's not any, that's as, that's the same as the tolerance piece. It's an extreme. So the tension is come as you are, but we're not going to leave you that way. Yep. Not because we're trying to fix you. No. Because we love you. Because Jesus loved you. Um, that's the tension between grace and truth. And then that's how we become unapologetic grace givers. Well, that's a pretty good discussion. That's pretty good. Man, I'm... That's... Yeah. I need some coffee, bro. <laughs> I'm worn out after that discussion in the best of ways. Um, for the first time in three weeks, I've not drank my entire cup of coffee before we got to this point. You don't um, like it? Oh, no, I like it. I'm okay. just... I'm trying to be smarter. I'm trying to be grace and truth with myself. Oh. I'm trying to love the segment. I see what you did. This coffee time. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. If you're new here, we have a segment called Coffee Time. If you're if you're new here, you have no idea what just happened. Yeah, you're like, what was that music? Why was there sounds? Well, that was beans being poured and ground and 
pour it in a cup. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> you have this like glazed over look on you right now. Yeah. Maybe you should finish that coffee. Yeah. I, you know what? That's good. What are we drinking? So this is a really good one. It is uh, an Ethiopia Yergachev uh, from Cartel. Cartel. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, it's a birthday present from my mother-in-law. So I'm working on finishing that off. And Thanks, mother-in-law. I'm glad that I get to enjoy it too. I'm, I'm sharing. Yeah, sharing is caring. <laughs> uh, what, what tasting notes do you pick up? Good. Good. <laughs> is that where you're at today? I, I kind of am. Uh, well, it's um, actually, there, is there a little bit of fruit tone in it? Like a sweet yeah. fruit? Like I, there's some kind of fruit tone in it um, on the front end. And this is cooled down a little bit, which I feel that's where the lighter notes come out, the fruits. And yeah. the, um, that's, that's really, I'm picking up like a, almost like a tart kind of fruit. But the bag says honey, tropical fruit, and floral. Tropical fruit. And I got the floral on the back The floral back is, yeah. What was the first one? Honey? Honey. I didn't taste the honey in this. I didn't either. I, di- I didn't get the honey, but I did get the floral and I got the f- and the fruit note. Um, here's a fun fact. If you've listened to the podcast, you know this, or if you live in Tucson, you know this, or maybe even Phoenix. Um, but Cartel is started in Tucson, yep. which I didn't know that till I, till actually I was looking for coffee shops here when I came to visit the first time. And then it popped up Cartel and I was like, wait a minute, Cartel's my favorite coffee shop in Phoenix. And then that was like, this is our original location. We started in Tucson. I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, it's my hometown coffee shop um, that's 20 miles from my house. Um, but <laughs> I love, the Cartel is, anytime I would come to Phoenix, which was a couple times a year, I would always go to Cartel over like the Tempe area. Yeah. And uh, and then there's one downtown Phoenix as well. Oh, there's like six in Phoenix now. Yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, how many are in Tucson? Is it two? Two. Where's the other Tucson. one? Tucson. It's Tucson. Tucson. Oh, I see what you did there. It's a good harmony right there. Who could on phonics work it for us? <laughs> That's a callback to two which one? Ago. Which one are you thinking of? One downtown. Okay, the other one is on Campbell. Where the heck is Campbell? That one is like... Uh, is that North? River and Campbell. Think like River and oh, Campbell yeah. area. Oh, yeah, okay. So, well, I know River. Um, river would be north of us here, obviously. Yeah. Um, how far down is Campbell? Is that almost downtown? Yeah, it's kind of close to downtown. The, Just the other side of downtown. Yeah, the two of... It's, it's more like Midtown... Um, yeah, yeah. but they're probably 10 minutes apart from the other, other cartels over there off Congress. Yeah. On Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. And Broadway I love Car- that one. If that, I, if I want to actually sit and do work, I'll usually go don't to the they, Don't they have one. a big pizza oven in there too? Yeah. The, uh, Penelope pizza. Yeah. 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 Um, they, they are, they're like roommates in the same space now. Yeah. It's, it's a cool location. If you live in Tucson, I'd highly encourage you, um, if you live near, or even if you don't live near either one, make a trip. The one down, the one that we're talking about downtown there off, off like Congress six Broadway, that area. Um, is really cool shop. I love it down uh, it's there. It's really nice. Um, in fact, that's. It, were you with us when I was visiting? And Chris, did you go with us when Chris and I were riding around? We went downtown and went to Cartel, and I might have. We went and looked at the. Uh, we walked over to the convention center to see where Christmas Eve was going to happen. Oh, yeah, I, I think you went with us that yep. day, and um, that was kind of my first introduction to the original Cartel. Um, <laughs> the original Cartel. <laughs> Bringing our guns. No. Um, what? Cartel. I, no, I got it. Well, you, you seemed a little surprised. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why you would be surprised. Um, the train whistles are going off. Um, <sighs> but no, I it, most anything from, I've not had anything from Cartel that I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Now, for our listeners, does Cartel do their own roasting or do they outsource? Oh, they, they do their own roasting, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, which typically, uh, probably I'd say seven out of ten times, depending on which location you go to, 
uh, a lot of shops that do their own roasting have more knowledgeable baristas in my experience because uh, they're more versed they're more well versed on talking about their product yeah um so you tend to get a better barista and press is the same way here in town yeah it's it's not like going to starbucks where they're hiring and Starbucks people are pretty knowledgeable because they go through a pretty... It's just knowledgeable about a subpar product. Right. Well, well and, and about a... It's not the process. No. They're they're about the menu. Yep. Where when you go to a cartel, you go to a Presta, they're going to they're gonna know how the bean got to where it's at. Yeah. They're going to be able to give you nuanced tasting notes, how it was roasted, if you care about those things. And, you know, if, if you're new or if you've been listening for a while and just don't check the show notes every week, every week I link uh, the featured coffee that we do in the show notes. And nine times out of ten... Uh, that link will actually take you directly to the coffee we're drinking, not just the the roaster's website. And then it will also have a description about that coffee. So it'll yeah. tell you the backstory, where it was roasted, the the family that owns the farm where it was roasted. It's really cool if you can get into well, it. Well, and when you get into that, like uh, the, the coffee shop in um, in Mason, Ohio, Odesso, um, they they get all of, all of their roasting is done. For, well, he's a master roaster, Chuck, that owns it. But they get all their beans from Oaxaca, Mexico. Mm. They're the only American coffee shop that can get beans out of Oaxaca. Really? And he's just built a relationship in this village of Oaxaca over five, six, seven, ten years. And um, But then he gives he ties a story. So when you get a bag of coffee at the shop, you get region, you get village, you get who this helps. Mm-hmm. You, and then there's a book sitting on the counter that you can flip through, and it shows you how their coffee is helping sustain a village. Oh, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden, you got a story to go with your coffee, and it's not just coffee anymore. It's it's a story. Yeah. And that's where I think coffee has become almost mainstream boutique in our culture is when you can link it to story, which is the same thing with the gospel, right? When I oh, can yeah. link Jesus to the story of your story, now there's something that you want. Yeah. You know, and and then it compels you into something, which is this whole grace thing we've been talking about on this episode. Um, but this is a really good coffee. Um, and you said this is a Yergachaf? Yep. Ethiopian? Yep. Um, it, uh, Ethiopian, you and I probably have the similar taste in this, that Yergachafs are some of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ethiopians um, in general are some of my favorites, um, but specifically, yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, what what else in the coffee realm, man? Any, anything else you, you got rolling? Dude, I don't know. I'm super stoked uh, to be in San Diego. There's, I'm me and Melissa are getting ready uh, probably next weekend to do a coffee crawl over here and scope some places out. So maybe I'll have some good suggestions. Yeah, next episode. I, I would like a lot of good suggestions. <laughs> um, I can tell you right now, um, Bird Rock Coffee is awesome. We've had stuff from them. Oh yeah, I like Bird Rock. Um, they've got a couple of cafes. Uh, I actually I want to talk to them. Um, so Bird Rock, if you happen to be listening to this episode, uh, I would love to bring uh, my podcast set up in there and record an episode. Uh, just while you guys are going in the morning. Does your mom work at Bird Rock? Because that's the only way they're going to hear this episode. Hey, Melissa listens too. I know Melissa doesn't work at Bird Rock. <laughs> that's why I did not ask if Melissa worked at Bird Rock. Uh, uh, so, uh, so no, that'd be. I, I really think that'd be cool one day. Um, maybe maybe even bring you over and we'll record yeah. an episode. Well, in actually, a, in at Odesso and Mason on my other podcast in Ohio called The Cultural Redemptive, um, we actually set up one morning in Odesso and recorded our podcast in there because this setup's really easy. And uh, it was great. You could yeah. hear all the background noises, but at the same time, we were able to record our episode. That adds to the ambiance, it, it did. It's It sounded a lot like our Coffee Time intro, <laughs> except it, for real. real. <laughs> um, I mean, that was real too, but it, just a different kind of for real. And uh, it, anytime we can partner local business that way, it's always fun. Yeah. Um, because we get to be get to be exposed to the community, but the community gets to be exposed to us, which is hopefully... They get to see the unapologetic good grace, thing. <laughs> giving, giving that we try to give. So, um, well, that's up. That's coffee time. We learn a little something about coffee. Um, here are the beans. There's, grinder. There's the grinder. 
There's the pour. Here's the beat. Actually, I had to record Trevor uh, sipping that to get that. Yeah, you guys are really stoked about that noise right now, aren't you? By the way, I'm, I'm drinking out of this styrofoam cup because I keep forgetting mine. But that noise, my wife says styrofoam makes her teeth itch. Um, not not that kind of styrofoam, but if it's like a to-go box, it's like squeaking in the back seat. It doesn't matter what oh, it is. Oh, I hate styrofoam, that. But she says it makes her teeth itch. I don't understand that. That's interesting. And there's other people that said, I get that. I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I just understand rage I, when I styrofoam squeaks. I just don't understand her saying styrofoam makes my teeth itch. I've got a video of it on our YouTube channel from a vlog from like five <laughs> years ago. Where we we left Outback Steakhouse to bring stuff home, and she's holding the styrofoam boxes in a bag, and she she's like, oh, oh, it's driving me nuts. It's making my teeth itch. And I was like, have your teeth ever itched? No. Have you ever been sitting like, oh, no. My, I got. You know what? Let's add a poll to the podcast this week. Does styrofoam make your teeth itch? The I would sound like, of styrofoam. I, it, anything about styrofoam doesn't make <laughs> your teeth itch. Does anything make your teeth itch? I'd like. I just want to know if anybody just, just toss the question out. Do your teeth itch? Do you have itchy teeth? Like uh, <laughs> that sounds like a medical commercial. It does. Do you have itchy teeth? Well, we've got a product for you. You may be you. entitled to legal compensation. Yeah. yeah, or take this pill. It could cause <laughs> death, itchy tongue. But your teeth won't itch anymore. Your teeth won't itch, but everything else will. You might break out in a rash. Your teeth might get red bumps. You Ooh. might die. Yeah, but I mean, hey. You won't have itchy teeth. You know styrofoam. what can't happen when you're dead? Your teeth itch. Your teeth can't itch. That's what this medicine <laughs> oh, does. Oh, God. That's what dark. Is, what is, I, but what is itchy teeth? So like, I've never, like, and then there was people like, you can go back and look at the YouTube comments from years ago, and people are like, I totally get it. I'm like, you no, don't get no, it. You Your don't. teeth have never itched. That's not true. That's not true. No. I, I've had a lot of things itch. It's never been my teeth. Bottom of my, you ever get that itch on your palm or the bottom of your foot, oh. and you, but you can't find it? Yep. Like, it it's right doesn't there. happen on my palm. It's usually my foot. Oh, man. I hate it. Nuts. Does that happen to you all? There's another poll. <laughs> we can it? only add one a week. You pick which one. No, I want the styrofoam one. But <laughs> I just need to know, do you, man, when you, do you ever get that weird itch that you can't find to scratch? Like, it's, it's so strange. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can really talk we about whatever, whatever we, we want. Do. Hey, right. since we can do whatever we want to, uh, we're recording this on a Monday, but it's coming out on a Wednesday, Wednesday, February 22nd. Wow. Yeah, that's my mom's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday mom. mom. Since I know you're listening. Yep. One of four. <laughs> One Good of job. four. Twenty five percent of our audience has a birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm trying to stifle my laugh because I'm I'm recording this in the Navy Lodge in Point Loma, so I'm trying not to like yeah. be rude to my neighbors. That's okay. Hey but, hey after we recorded our last episode two episodes ago, there was potential you actually found a townhouse. Yeah. Uh, should that that's hopefully the one we're getting. So okay, that's good. It's beautiful. It it should be should be finding out pretty soon. Actually, should we put the address on here for people to come visit? <laughs> no, we gave out my email address. That's enough. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> if you it's in Chula Vista, if you can find it, I know where Chula is. <laughs> I got friends in Chula. Um, well, you can. I'm surprised we don't share a location with each other because that we you could when, find me. <laughs> once you're legit in your space, uh, we're gonna put it. We're gonna share a location. Um. And I need to, Dylan. I, I see you're at the beach. Yeah, I need to know if my nameplate's been engraved yet for the door <laughs> of the guest room. <laughs> the 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 Trevor Chateau, Chateau de Trevor. Mm, I don't know why you said it so awkwardly. But, uh, that was like oh, that's my French. That's not French at all. It's a terrible French accent. It's like you were. French. I've offended someone. It's like you were French and Hispanic at the same time. You're like Frenchanic. Is Francesca? French. <laughs> Baristelli. <laughs> Wow. This is derailed, guys. Yeah, sorry. Let's talk about what's coming up next. 
I don't even know what's coming up next. Well, Jeremy's coming in two Oh, weeks. yeah, Jeremy will be, Jeremy Jordan will be here in two weeks. That's going to be really cool. You don't want to miss that. Yeah, and what's really cool, he's coming to town a little early. He's doing staff, re- uh, uh, not staff retreat. He's doing um, uh, staff development with our staff. Um, actually, he's going to be up. We do, Glenn does a thing with the local pastors um, at Pastor's Edge, and he's going to go pour into a bunch of pastors that day. That's going to um, be cool. And then he's doing a private event here on Saturday with some people, and then uh, he's preaching for us on Sunday. So we've got him kind of loaded up that week, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have him on the podcast too, right? He will be on the podcast, um, unless he just says, no, <laughs> screw you all. I'm not doing that. I don't want to be on your podcast. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't blame him. I don't either. I don't know why anybody even <laughs> listens to this podcast anymore if you want to know Have the you truth. noticed it's gotten harder to get people to come on like Rebecca? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's saying, I don't think I want to hang out with you yeah, guys. I don't, yeah, you, you guys make me look bad. <laughs> 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 we need you on here to class us up everybody yeah like because uh, without without a guest we're uh, it's, just, it's a train wreck it's a train wreck <laughs> uh but did hey the last episode was so it was, it was great it was a great podcast uh when cal was on it was great yeah um, last time rebecca was on it was, it was great. great um yep well she regulated herself to just a voicemail last time which is fine yeah, but but that was because we had a crisis in our community. Yeah, that's a little different. And uh, so I appreciated that she was still willing to give us that that soundbite for about four or five minutes. Um, that I'm going to remind you all as a listener too, because we've had a couple of people come to us and go, "Man, I'd love to be on your podcast." Yeah, um, it's okay for you to invite yourself on our podcast. You can email us. <laughs> you can leave us a voicemail. You could you could hey, Sonia, my assistant. You could say, "Hey, Sonia, I'd like to be on the podcast with Dylan and Trevor," and she'd probably be like, "Okay, let's," because she she schedules all that out for yep. us. Um, man, we, maybe you're hearing this from out of town. You like to be on, we've, we've had people on zoom calls and, and yep. bring well, I'm on. on zoom right now. So, yep. I, uh, well, you and I, that's different. We're, we're going to do that, but it's anyway. doable, but it's doable. Um, it, there's all sorts of ways, but if you're, if you're moved from Sunday taking to everyday making, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Maybe you're a small business owner. Maybe you're, uh, you've got a non-for-profit. Uh, maybe it's just something you and your family do that's not tied to your business, but it's tied to you. And, and you're an everyday maker. And you're an everyday maker. Uh, and that could be, there's nothing too big or too small to make you an everyday maker. In fact, I would argue sometimes it's the small things that mm. make you the best everyday maker because a thousand small things turn into one big thing. And it, and it changes the world around you. Like if you do a thousand small things for your neighbor every day, eventually those thousand small things add up to one big thing. Absolutely. And so um, I would encourage you keep keep making. Don't do a whole bunch of taking, but do a lot of making. Um, get out in your community and help people see Jesus in in really creative ways and be an unapologetic grace giver. Yeah. Be a difference maker. Um, that's what this whole podcast is about, is about making difference outside. <laughs> contrary to what you may take away every week. Yeah, contrary to whatever kind of difference this is making. Maybe we're teaching you how not to make a difference. We're teaching you how not to make a podcast. Here's how not to make a podcast. Let us on it. It's really simple. Give us control of a soundboard and sound bites and content. <laughs> And what's really funny, somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, they're like, so how long do you guys like, you must spend a lot of time planning out what you're going to talk about. And I was that's like, that's cute. I was like, that's cute. That's fun. I'm like, they're like, so what's the process? I'm like, well, I preach on Sunday. And then on Monday I walk in and I sit down. And I'm like, Hey Dylan, you, what are we talking what about? What are we talking about? <laughs> you're like, I don't know, but hit record and we hit record and we go and we talk. And whenever so, you hear Trevor on most beginning, the beginning of most episodes, he's like, what are we talking about today? That is probably the first time he's asked that question and the first time I've pondered it. But you know, there, there is a little bit of method to my madness on that because I listen to all these really scripted out podcasts and they're good, they're fine. But what I like about the conversation we have is it's raw and uncut. Yeah. And we do know post-production, we do know post-editing. Like what, what you get is what we've sat down, hit record and have a conversation 
Because what I want these to be is that conversations. Because if we were in a conversation together, we would chase rabbits, we would laugh, we would cut up, but we'd also have some really serious moments. And I think it's through the narrative and the weaving of conversation is where the best content comes out of. So uh, there is a method to the madness, but it's not overly planned. It is madness, though. (laughs) It is madness. It's it's like the Mad Hatter showed up at the table, man. It's just like, (laughs) you know. Um, But there is, and then when we have guests on, we, we do prep them a hair, not much. Um, oh, when we had Cal on, <laughs> well, that was a little different. Cal just looked at us like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, that's okay. He was a little shell shocked. He did great. Yeah. He did great. You should go back and listen to it. The whole coffee time piece, which I, he said he didn't get prepped on. I'm telling <laughs> he you. He did get prepped. He did get prepped. He just forgot. It's okay. You prepped him before we recorded. I did. And in the, on the walk over here, um, I prepped him. Yeah. But he was like, I just need coffee. I was like, we're making you coffee. We do a whole segment called Coffee Time. We'll talk about the coffee. We'll have coffee. He was like, okay, great. Somewhere between that conversation and the segment, he was like, you didn't tell me this. I was like, I did. We, he was literally making the coffee when you walked in, <laughs> and we talked about it while we were in the room. Um, so, Cal, I love you. You're a really brilliant leader. You're probably one of the most brilliant leaders I've ever met. Um, that was not one of your finest leadership <laughs> moments. Probably not one of mine either, but that's that's a given. Um, Dylan, anything else we need to unpack? Uh GLS. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So it sounds like it's a long way away. It's what, August is Global Leadership yes. Summit? But yes. um, the Global Leadership, the Global, Global, the Global, 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 I sound like the chef from the Muppets. See what I mean? We didn't plan that. Um, the Global Leadership Summit is a is a massive leadership conference every year. And um, it it it's done at Willow Creek, um, and and really good speakers. Like one year oh they had Bob Iger. Oh, or they had Colin Powell. They've they had, had Pete I Doctor. Mean, uh, I mean, it's phenomenal. Um, actually, Craig Groeschel, who wrote the book Dangerous Prayers, who we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Craig's actually the president of GLS and oversees that. And uh, it, it is it's something we've done here at Pantano in the past. It, it's nationally done. Uh, so we do the simulcast here at Pantano. Mm-hmm. And here's what I tell you. If you're a leader, you're leading a business, you're leading a family, you're leading a neighborhood, you're leading a school. If you're a leader and want to be a better leader, uh, which I would submit as all of us, you should sign up for the Global Leadership yes. Summit, GLS. It's in August. There's going to be... I, This will be on our website, I'm sure, and it'll be promoted. You'll hear more promotion on it. Uh, But I would highly encourage you to sign up earlier. There's a discount code if you sign up early. Um, Not a discount code, a discounted rate um, if you sign up early. And it's right here at Pantano. It's one day. You show up in a simulcast. There'll be breakouts. There'll be discussion. Uh, But the biggest part is you you get access to this content that is so good. And and this we're opening this up to the whole city, not just Pantano, other churches, businesses. Well, if that's you, why you need to sign up early. Yeah, if you're a business leader, a business owner, um, or a, a you know a CEO, president, or you have a, a manager and you've got people um, that work for you, report to you, uh, I would say sign up and bring them to this. It'll make your business better. It'll make your organization better. Um, whatever that looks like, your church, your, your even your family. You want to be a better leader in your family? Bring your family to this. Yeah. Um, but there'll be a, a early bird rate that'll go. I, I can't remember what the dates are. We'll talk about it more in the weeks to come. Uh, but just put it on your radar screen. Global yep. Leadership Summit is coming back to Pantano this year. And we'll be talking about it more, so you'll yep. hear about it again. Yep, we're really excited about it. Um, Baptism Sunday is coming up this coming Sunday. The 26th. That's right. Um, if you have not yet signed up to be baptized, we would love for you to take that journey. Um, man, I've just loved last year, January to December, we had 412 baptisms here at Pantano. That's um, so cool. Our last baptism Sunday, we had 17 people get baptized. We The month of January, 
I don't, I, I've, we had like what, 25 baptisms in January. Yeah. Um, you just think about that. If we have 25 baptisms a month for 12 months, um, that's a pretty good year. That's a great year. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Hey, that's phenomenal. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> wow. Oh, you Muppet. <laughs> that was you. That was not me. Um, you brought up the chef while ago. So. I did. Spring. Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> what? That's what you used to say. So that's baptism Sunday is always my favorite Sundays. Um, you just see people in their raw emotion of Jesus transforming their life. Um, I, I would add to selfishly baptism Sundays are one of my favorite uh, weekends because this last Sunday, uh, Aaron actually had to drum. And so I got to shoot it. Um, not with a, with a gun, but with a camera. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't sit with a water gun and um, but yeah, getting the shoot baptisms and like you said, just see people's like raw emotions, like yeah. as they come up out of that water is just so cool. Yeah. Well, I remember at that baptism Sunday about a month ago, was it about a month ago, yeah. January, um, there was one guy that backstage his emotion before he walked out was just the guy was weeping. Yep. Then he gets baptized and gets out and he's uncontrollably just overcome with the emotion of transformation. And it, it's those moments that at backstage we get to see that maybe you don't see out front. Um, that is just fantastic to see happen Absolutely. in the lives of people. Uh, oh, anything else coming up that we need to make our people aware of? You know? Those are the big ones. Um, it it's there's so many good things happening around here, and yeah. um, and this is not one of them. Um, everything else is good. This podcast is crazy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's good. It's just crazy. It's chaos. Yeah. It's well, it, chaos. It's just fun. We have uh, for whatever reason we just have a lot of fun doing this. It's a way to unpack a little deeper what we've talked about. Have a little fun. If you want to know um, the truth, we'd be doing this if anyone listened or not. Uh, actually, some weeks I think we are doing this and nobody's <laughs> no <one's> listening. listening. <laughs> actually, that's not true. I, we joke about that a lot. It's amazing how many people come up to me and go, hey, I heard on the podcast or you said this on the podcast. And I'm yep. like, wow, that's cool. Like, people, people Also are, alarming that people I, are actually listening. Yeah, I'm like, why, why are you listening to this? What is, what is wrong with you people? Like, that bored? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have anything to do? Like, uh, you, uh, th- I know what we are. Remember when I talked about the treadmill a couple weeks ago? <laughs> we're, we're the thing on the treadmill that you're going, if I can just get through this segment, I can get through anything. <laughs> If I can get, if I can just get through another coffee, if time. I can get through another coffee time, uh, that'll get me through the treadmill. That'll get me through the stair stepper. <laughs> uh, let us be your glorious distraction while you're doing all those things. Uh, to, the, the illustrious distraction. The illustrious distraction. That'd be the name of my new album. The illustrious <laughs> distraction. That should be my comedy album. If I ever did a comedy album, it'd be called the illustrious distraction. Because <laughs> you know that my goal in life, my sixth grade yearbook, was to be either an attorney or a stand-up comic. Well, and that's what a preacher is. Yeah, I'm combine those two things. I became a preacher. <laughs> I can make you laugh, and I can convince you of Jesus all at the same time. You, you got the best of both you know, worlds, I did, Hannah Montana. I, I, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to be Miley Cyrus. Why'd you do that to no, me? No, you're Hannah Montana. Yeah, but uh, Hannah Montana is Miley Cyrus. Mm, no, you're Hannah Montana. No, it's not true. I don't look good in a blonde wig. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have a bucket list that at some point, I think that I'm probably... I, I have a bucket list that I want to find a comedy club sometime that has an open mic and do a 10-minute set. I will find you one in San Diego and just see if I just see if I could pull it off. Cause you can come over to San Diego. And if you do, if you bomb, no one knows you. I don't care if they do. Actually, I hope <laughs> the room's full of people that I do know because at least then I'm like, you courtesy laugh me. Um, you know, my, my buddy Mike in Illinois is pastor. Um, he did an open mic in one. And then like every month for like six months, they asked him to come back and do a set. That's awesome. So he's leading like the largest church in town and he's <laughs> doing stand up comedy on like Saturday nights at a local comedy club. And I'm like, I'm funnier than he is. Like I could do that. Uh, but I've, since I've been like, I don't watch other preachers. I watch comedians. 
Yeah. Because well, they know how to present and deliver information. And you got to do it in front of a large crowd and keep them compelled for a lot longer than I do. You know, you get, like we went and saw Brian Regan when he was in town, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorites. And that guy just knows how to compel a crowd for for an hour. I hour think my and a half. favorite might be Nate Bargatsky. Oh, Nate Bargatsky. Has, have you seen his new special? Yes. It's really it's good. It's so good. Um, I mean, I, I'm a student of the comedy world because those guys have to learn how to craft to keep a room's attention. Um, and I've got the hope of Jesus, so I figure I'd at least learn how to do that. <laughs> and um, and I just think there's some brilliant. Even even we went and saw Brian Regan here in Tucson. He was trying new material and got the material backwards and screwed it up. And even that was funny. <laughs> he knew how to make it funny. Um, so all right, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Hey, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening for 56 minutes <laughs> in 19 seconds, 20 seconds, 21 seconds. Stop right. counting. Uh, you did that last last month. You did that at the end of an episode, just for the record. Um, Hey, do us a favor. Click subscribe if you've not done that. Follow or share this. When you share this, um, that helps other people hear it and see it. Not see it. There's nothing to see. The logo. You can see the album art. You can see the logo. Um, Or do us even a better favor. Go and leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, That helps us out and it gets the word out even further. Uh, But again, thanks for listening. Dylan, thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah. Um, Hope San Diego is treating you and Melissa well. Yeah. Get my nameplate ready because hopefully I'm coming soon. All right. (laughs) We'll talk to y'all later. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of the make podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers to learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.